and during some of the toughest times I have a little piece of paper in my wallet that I keep all the time even to this moment uh, of different things that I that mean to me different sayings that mean a lot to me uh, things that I strive for recognizing my responsibility to give back reoccurring mantra I got into in college where I would just say I'm going to break the mold two days after my second injury my dad flew out to Indiana and we drove home I ran up to my room, slept for a day, and then I woke up the next morning, I spray-painted my wall, no quitting me. I remember, you know, there is no quitting me, and I won't, you know, I won't give up. The number one thing you gotta remember is you're transferring energy. And whatever energy you got is the energy the viewers are gonna have. You are listening to Intentional Performers with Brian Levinson, where we talk with experts of craft about their journey and what they have intentionally done to be their best self. As we talk with them, the hope is that we uncover intentional gems that you can use in your life. Now, let's kick it over to Brian to introduce this week's guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Intentional Performers podcast. I'm Brian Levinson. Uh, excited to have you with us for today's show. It's it's a different episode, very different episode. So uh, today's episode is going to be just me, uh, just my raspy, scratchy, whatever you want to call it, voice, which you have had to listen to in the past, or or maybe this is the first time you're showing up to our podcast. If you are, this is not what our typical podcasts are like. So typically, I interview someone else for about an hour, and it's a long form conversation where we dive deep into their mindset, we dive deep into their journey, and we try to figure out what they've intentionally done to set their mind, as Ian uh, talked about in our intro. Uh, Ian, for those that don't know Ian, Ian is my friend who does the introductions to the podcast, and Ian was a rapper for a long time and has this deep, deep voice, yet he is this skinny, <laughs> white, redheaded uh, rapper, and, and his voice doesn't fit the description, but Ian is is a great friend and uh, so grateful to have him do the intro for the podcast. Anyway, uh, back to today's show. So today's show is going to be different. It's going to be me just chatting with you guys, and I hope to share some wisdom and knowledge that I've picked up through the years doing the work that I do. Uh, I work as a mental performance coach and I also work as an executive coach. So uh, I'm really fortunate to have worked with top performers in the world in sports. And today I get to work with CEOs and executives, helping them unlock their potential. So I'm really at a crossroads in my career where I'm integrating some of the work that I did in sport. uh, And I've spent a lot of time obsessing over and bringing it to the corporate world. So uh, if you're in the corporate world and you're interested in uh, learning more about the work that I do there, feel free to reach out and I'm happy to chat with you. But I'm working with some businesses uh, and I continue to work with sports organizations and will always do so. But uh, it's an interesting time for my career and I'm really excited about it. So I figured I'd share that with you and I'm going to continue to share everything that I've learned from these podcasts, from interviews, from podcasts that I listen to, to books, to articles. Uh, I'm obsessed with mindset and we're going to talk about mindset in a little bit, but I just 
love trying to learn about humans and how humans can unlock their potential and open up possibilities for success. So uh, this podcast has been a labor of love for me. Uh, A lot of you ask, how do you find your guests? How do you find the time to do this? Uh, And to be honest, I make time for both. So whenever I hear someone speak and, and I'm inspired by them, I often think about my audience and think about, wow, I would love to bring that person in, learn more about them, and share that person with this community. I also have gotten guests from past podcast uh, guests, and and you hear me talk about that often on the show. So uh, we often will ask them for recommendations. And then uh, I also get recommendations from friends, family, strangers, people on social media. So uh, it's really a mixture as far as how we get our guests. And uh, we're grateful to have a pretty amazing list of human beings that have shared knowledge, wisdom, uh, challenges, and so on and so forth. So uh, it's been a labor of love for me. Uh, we will get to about 100 episodes by the end of this year. Uh, from a numbers standpoint, we are at, a, we are at about 30,000 downloads total uh, as of this recording. Uh, that is, uh, there's been a big jump between 2017 and 2018. So 2017, I recorded 51 episodes and we had like 6,300 downloads. So we are at about 4X already in 2018 compared to 2017. So that also keeps me going. So I'd be lying if the downloads didn't help inspire me to keep up this work. Uh, It's just great to know that there are people listening to this. So thank you for your continued support. And I'm looking forward to 2019 and building this thing out even more. Also, Patreon, which you know I talk about usually in the introduction, is a way that you can support the show. So if you want to go over to patreon.com slash intentional performers, it really does help us. Uh, It helps me uh, justify putting this on. And you can support us with at least $2 a month and as much as $10 a month. And thanks to the 20 or so people that have gone over there and helped support the podcast. So uh, I just also want to take some time to just say, I hope you're enjoying these guests. We do really care about the people that we bring on the show. And uh, we do, I also do a decent amount of work up front to make sure that we're bringing on the right people and bringing on intentional performers and people that will hopefully uh, help you unlock your potential and and the possibilities that you see for your career, your life, or whatever uh, it is that you're listening to the show for. So uh, the guests continue to inspire me. They teach. They amaze me. As I said, I'm, I'm in awe of these guys. So uh, it's going to be weird to talk to you guys by myself today. Hopefully I can hold a candle to some of the guests that we've had. I will do my very best. And I'm going to share with you some of the concepts that I use with my clients and some of the frameworks that have helped me shape the work that I do with my clients. And uh, there's a basic framework that we're going to get into that hopefully can help you on your path. And if you've listened to a lot of these episodes, you'll already know a lot of this stuff, but I'll try to add some more context and some more color to the concepts since there's nobody alongside me. So just want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, thanks for your continued support. And hopefully over our time today, it'll be a little shorter podcast. It won't be an hour long. Um, so you won't have to listen to my voice for too long, but hopefully it is strong enough that, that I, I don't bore you and put you to sleep. So uh, we'll have some fun today and hopefully this will be useful. So where I wanted to start is just by making a distinction around uh, two different concepts. So mindset is the word that gets talked about the most in my field. Uh, We call ourselves mental performance coaches. And even when I work with executives, I still think of myself as a mental performance coach because it's my job to help them think about their mindset and how to unlock their mindset for performance, uh, specifically under pressure. But 
Let's back up one step and just talk about set mind. So for those of you that listen to the podcast, you know that I often talk about your mind is anything but set, and it's up to us to set our mind. So I love that word set mind, and I think if we could do it over again, I wish mindset as we know it would be just considered set mind, because I think our mind is anything but set, and set mind is all about an intentional way of thinking. Set mind is all about an intentional way of thinking. So the best performers in the world, and I study these people religiously, whether they're actors or athletes or musicians or CEOs, those are the people that I'm always trying to better understand. And what I've found is that they do a really good job of being intentional about how they think about things. And they set their mind specifically for performance, and they set their mind specifically for preparation. And they set them differently, as we're going to get into in a little bit. But my question for you is, how are you intentionally setting your mind? And one of the best examples is a guy named Coach Glenn Farello, who is one of the first coaches that opened up his doors to have me work with his team. He works with an elite high school basketball team in Fairfax, Virginia. And Coach Farello, before he walks into the gym every single day for practice, he thinks about how he wants to show up. And he looks at the door frame, and there's always a door frame before he enters uh, the gym. And he thinks about how he wants to be. And regardless of what was going on in his day and what might be going on in his personal life. He knows that his job is to serve the basketball players that are in that gym that day. So that is the way that he intentionally sets his mind and he does it consistently. You'll see other athletes that use visualization or use meditation or use their warmups to intentionally set their mind. Go to a basketball game and just notice whether it's Steph Curry warming up or I remember Kevin Garnett, who was one of the best power forwards of all time, the way that he would set his mind for performance was different than someone like Steph Curry. So there's not a right or wrong way, but we just want to be intentional about how we're showing up before we get started. So right before I turn on the mic today, I took some breaths and just really focused on my exhale and wanted to calm myself down so that I could deliver this message to the best of my ability. That's set mind. So think about how you can intentionally set your mind so you can show up the way that you want to show up when it matters most. Mental toughness is a little different than set mind. So mental toughness is the ability to recover from mistakes and excel when performing under pressure. And what often happens is when we perform under pressure, we want to speed things up. And you see this happen in sports all the time where a person will make a mistake and then they'll compound the mistake and compound the mistake. But what I've learned in working with pro athletes, college athletes, and high school athletes is that high school athletes often struggle with this. They hold on to plays or golfers will hold on to shots and they stay holding on to that issue and it will linger and bleed into their next shot. College athletes are better at it. So I was just at George Washington University. I work with their women's basketball team and uh, there's a basketball player there who I've worked with for a couple of years now. And I watched her in practice and she'd miss a shot and I would just watch her move on to the next one. It wouldn't even be uh, any facial expressions or body language, just moving on. And I had if you had watched her freshman or sophomore year, it was nothing like that. So I believe that mental toughness can really be taught. And I think set mind can really be taught because set mind is just what intention are you putting in your thinking? And mental toughness is what are you doing to recover from mistakes? And so you can recover from mistakes either by snap recovery. So I actually talk to my clients about recovering as quickly as they snap their fingers. Can you recover that quickly? or something in their head, so cognitively. So they could say, next play. So it's pretty simple stuff, 
But if you watch the most mentally tough athletes, you'll notice that they are very, very good at recovering from mistakes. And you won't show me a great performer that isn't able to recover from mistakes. Whether it's a salesperson who says something the wrong way uh, when they're selling a product, or it's a CEO in a board meeting, or it's a politician that's speaking and they stumble over a word, or an actor who is in the wrong place when they're on stage, they recover quickly. And often they recover so quickly that you don't even notice the mistake. So mental toughness is all about recovery. Set mind is all about being intentional with how you're showing up and how you're setting your mind. So think about the distinction between the two and think about how are you going to intentionally set your mind when you're performing and what can you do to have mental toughness when it matters most. The next concept I want to bring your way is this notion of when matters, when matters. And this is something I'm, I'm just so passionate about. If you've ever taken the Myers-Briggs or a personality assessment, you might hear a sentence like, it is difficult to get you excited. It is difficult to get you excited. If you've ever read that and been like, well, it depends. Like, it might be difficult to get me excited about wiring when doing cable, but not difficult to get me excited for Game 7 of the World Series, then you know what I'm talking about. And so I think we live in a world where we like to put things in pretty boxes and just say that this is the way it is all the time. And I'm a big believer that when matters. So Kobe Bryant is one of the athletes I study uh, just so, so much. And uh, the reason I'm really obsessed with Kobe is because when you listen to him talk, there is such genius in how he approached his set mind and his mental toughness. And I think about Kobe, who's certainly talented. There's no doubt about that. But he is somebody that I look at, I'm like, yeah, that guy, that guy maximized, right? Like he, he fulfilled his potential. And sure, you could question the type of teammate he was and nobody's perfect. And there are elements to him that I'm sure he would say, yeah, I could improve on. Um, But he had this ability to look at himself as a novice and to constantly get better, but also as an expert when he got between the lines. And one of the things that I love about Kobe is we had Laron Prophet on the podcast a year ago, and Laron was Kobe's teammate and also Michael Jordan's teammate. But he specifically talked about Kobe, and uh, he told a story about Kobe struggling in the first half and really playing poorly. Uh, and they walk into the locker room, and Laron's like giving them encouragement. He's saying, "Kobe, you'll be good in the second half. Like, you know, you'll, you'll start making shots." And Kobe turns to Laron and says, "I know. Why do you think I put in all that work?" And so Kobe has this this uh, dynamic where he. Uh, in preparation was so manic and so obsessive and perfectionist and really wanted things to be a certain way. But then when he was performing, he had this optimism about him. He had this uh, ability to take, you know, 30 shots in a game, or if he missed his first 10, he still thought he was going to make his 11th. And so Kobe really represents what I call the performance mind. And the performance mind is what I'm writing a book on. So for those of you that are always curious why I'm always drilling down on our guests to find out why uh, or or how they set their mind in preparation and performance, it's because I've created this framework around your mindset for preparation should be different than your set mind uh, in performance. And so for the easiest example that we talk about is being humble in preparation and arrogant in performance. And I use that word arrogant over confidence because A, I think confidence is a feeling and B, I don't think confidence uh, does the job. 
honestly, when you are between the lines. Uh, confidence can come and go. And also uh, arrogance, which gets a bad rap, and we think of arrogance as a negative. But I think arrogance just means that you value yourself and you think you're important. And if you listen to someone like Kobe, like he would be so humble in his preparation. And he, I remember at one point, uh, worked out with Hakeem Olajuwon to try to get better at his post moves. And he has this mindset, or he sets his mind almost as if he's the last guy on the team. And he'll talk about that. Uh, they asked him what his uh, the biggest compliment he could get. And he said it, it was that he's a blue collar worker. So he takes on this humility, this blue collared uh, work ethic uh, in preparation, but then he completely shifts into the black mamba, which was the nickname he gave himself when he gets between the lines. And the reason he gave himself the nickname, the black mamba is because he had gotten accused of sexual assault. If you remember in Colorado and he ended up not being um, seen as guilty of doing that. But at the time he was losing endorsements and people were booing him. Uh, he ended up changing his number. And so he went through this really adverse situation and he knew when he got onto the floor, he could not be a victim. He needed to be an assassin. And so he was watching Kill Bill that year. And in the movie Kill Bill, there's an assassin called the Black Mamba, which is this venomous snake. And the idea of that Black Mamba assassin is with one shot, you know, you're, you're dead, you're done. And so Kobe wanted to adapt that assassin mindset when he got between the lines. So think about that again, the dichotomy of in preparation, he's this humble blue collar guy. But when he steps on the floor, he has the arrogance of an assassin. And I think that epitomizes Kobe's set mind. And that set mind then allowed him to have the mental toughness to say, well, I've put in all the work. So yeah, I'm going to make my 11th. Even if we're looking at that and being like, dude, there's no way in his mind he is. And you see that with other athletes who say in ball, Floyd Mayweather, Serena Williams, uh, Stephen Curry, they have this ability to prepare a certain way and then shift into a different mindset when they're performing. I think one of the things that they all also do is they practice that performance mind. So they spend a lot of time in preparation. Kobe outworked everybody and, you know, would be in preparation, preparation, preparation. But then he'd also get into competitive moments where he could practice the performance mind. So the elite of the elite athlete or the elite of the elite performer, they know what their preparation mind is. Then they know when to shift into the performance mind, and they also know to practice that performance mind and to practice the preparation mind. So there's something in the world we call polarities, and there's some cool studies and research and concepts and theories around polarities, and polarities basically believe that nothing is an or, or I should, I should actually back that up, that there's a time for an either or to make decisions, and there's a time for an and. And that often we make decisions just based on or when we should be looking at them more from an and perspective. And polarities basically believes that everything has a positive and everything has a negative. And it's up to us to use the positives a certain way and to be aware of the negatives to make sure that we don't get into the negatives. So let's just use humble and arrogant. Humble, which is seen as a positive in our society, if I'm at the free throw line and I'm humble in that moment and I'm trying to understand how I'm going to make the shot or what it's going to be, or maybe I don't want the shot, or maybe I should have someone else take this shot. That's not the type of set mind I need when I'm performing. Instead, I want to be like, yeah, give me the ball. I'm going to knock this down. Somewhat arrogant. So humility, which is seen as a good thing, actually has these... Um, 
poles from an energy standpoint. Some are positive, some are negative. And so I'm often challenging sort of the status quo when we think about what is good and what is bad, because I think everything has some good in it and everything has some bad in it. It just depends when we're using it. And Beyonce is one of my favorite examples of that. So Beyonce is a perfectionist. She will talk about being a perfectionist. Uh, There's really cool interviews with people that have worked with her that said she can be a bit of a tyrant. So she can be difficult to work with because she wants things to be perfect. But when Beyonce gets on stage, she's not trying to be perfect. She's performing. She's adapting. She is instinct, instinctively trusting that she knows exactly what to do because she leveraged that perfectionism in preparation. So those are really good examples. Beyonce and Kobe are two people I study uh, pretty intently. I try to listen to them. And, and fortunately, Kobe, since he retired, has been pretty open about how he thinks about the world and how he thinks about basketball. But Beyonce is too. She's someone who leverages visualization and dreams performances before they happen. But then she talks about being present when she's performing. And so you can have both. And so one of the things I challenge a lot of my clients on is what is your, how are you setting your mind in preparation and how are you setting your mind in performance? And we want to have both. So um, that is something that I want you to think about. I want you to think about where are you setting your mind in preparation and how are you doing it? And then what are you intentionally doing to shift your mind in performance? We want both of those set minds. Uh, and I find that more people struggle with actually the the performance mind and the preparation mind. And part of the reason I believe that is is because the preparation mind, especially in our culture in the United States, has been drilled into us. Work hard, stay humble, keep working, keep putting the work, keep putting the work. And the performance mind, often those qualities that we see in our elite performers, we often don't necessarily like. And we often aren't um, encouraging them to go toward that space. And so we love humility, but arrogance, mm, no, I don't think we want to be uh, arrogant. And, and then if you think about visual, visualizing in preparation and present in performance, we now live in a world where we've got smartphones that are often grabbing for our attention, just as I was talking, my phone went off and you could hear the alarm going off. Um, so we constantly have distractions that are keeping us from being present. So it's hard to practice being in the present. So that's where meditation can be a great tool to practice your performance mind. So that when you get in a stressful or tough situation, you can handle it better. Uh, I just saw Alex Hanold uh, do a TED talk. Alex is uh, a free freestyle climber. So he climbs uh, the biggest, uh, toughest climbs in, in the world without without any ropes or gear. And he'll talk about how he uses visualization often in the preparation. But then if you listen to him clearly, he's so present when he's performing on the mountain. And so he's climbed Half Dome and El Capitan and in uh, Yosemite Park. And he's he's a legend. And if you study him, you'll also find this preparation mindset and this performance mindset come to light. So really important stuff and a really good framework for you to just think about you know, how are you setting your mind in preparation and, and then how are you shifting in performance and understanding that when matters. Uh, the second big thing is is the idea of this podcast. So if for those that don't know, this podcast started as Beyond the Surface. And the idea was going to be that we were going to go beyond the surface with uh, performers and find out their story and their journey. And while we still definitely go beyond the surface with them, what I realized about 20 episodes in is that these people were all intentional. And I mentioned it earlier, like, the best performers in the world are intentional with how they're setting their mind. So think about what you can do to be intentional. Can you journal? Are you reading? What shows are you watching? What podcasts are you listening to? Are you meditating? 
How are you talking to yourself? How are you leveraging the breath? These are simple, but sometimes hard to execute concepts, different ways to use our time. We live in a fast-paced world, and our brains are still prehistoric. So one of the things that I think is fascinating is that we live in this world with all this technology, and it is changing literally every moment of every day. The technology is just growing it at such an amazingly fast clip. But our brains are not. Our brains are still wired for survival. Our brains are still wired to keep us safe. They aren't on alignment with the technology. So that's why you see a lot of articles written about uh, how a lot of the technology is being used to hijack our, our mind so that we become addicted. And so it is something to be aware of going forward. And, you know, I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody. Like I, I struggle with going to my phone. I love Twitter. Uh, I love podcasts. And, um, you know, it, it's something that I'm constantly working on. And uh, one of the things I'll intentionally do uh, when I get home sometimes with my family is just leave my phone upstairs when I'm playing with my kids downstairs. And that's not to say there aren't times where I bring it downstairs. There are. So I'm not, you know, always doing that. I have some flexibility there, but I will intentionally leave my phone upstairs so that I can be in that present moment with my kids, uh, which sometimes doesn't end well. But uh, so what are you doing to intentionally set your mind? And it's something I continue to work on myself. And, and I would love to tell you I'm an expert, but part of the reason I fired up this podcast was to find out how others have done it and try to steal from them. Um, and then the last point I'll make before we start uh, winding down is just the power of interpretation. So I'm a big believer that thoughts and feelings are not in our control. And certainly we can prime both our feelings and our thoughts. Uh, a smile can change the way that we see the world. Our self-talk uh, can change what kind of thoughts we have down the road. But I really believe that how we interpret thought and how we interpret feeling matters. So for example, if you get butterflies in your stomach, you can interpret it as anxiety or excitement. And that interpretation can really dictate your behavior. If you have a thought in your head that says, I can't do this, how you interpret that thought whether you interpret it as saying like, okay, that's just my mind being my mind, or are you saying, oh, no, I, I really can't do it, um, is where you gain control. And I think that's where free will lives, uh, lives is in the interpretation. So I love the power of interpretation. I think interpretation, intention, and when matters, those three concepts have been game changers for me. And as I listen to uh, our podcast guests, many of them have just interpreted their thoughts and feelings to their benefit. And many of them have set their mind intentionally. And many of them understand how to shift from preparation to performance. Some of them have done that just by how they interact with the world and others have worked really hard to get into that space and that place. So I encourage all of you to be very clear about how you're interpreting your thoughts and how you're interpreting your feelings. The last couple of points I'll just make is the power of self-talk. Uh, we talk to ourselves more than we talk to anybody. And so being aware of the chatter or the clutter that you might have in your head and just accepting that and acknowledging it, but then being fearless enough to empower your useful self-talk. And I always talk about useful self-talk rather than positive self-talk. Uh, empower useful dialogue with yourself. It can make a world of difference. And then with this idea that we work from the inside out, not the outside in. So even though we might feel something uh, because something happened in our environment, our situation, we do get to decide how we want to interpret that and how we want to handle that from the inside to the outside. And that's why you can have people from the same environment, from the same situation, and they can 
uh, interpret their situations completely different. So take control over your interpretation. Uh, you know, that actually just brought up another thought in my head. So I've worked with a lot of people over the years that are close, that they tie their identity either to their sport or military people will uh, tie their identity to their uniform or business people will tie their identity to their office, whatever it might be. And I really want to hammer home this notion that our identity is who we are. It's not what we do. And that often gets lost in accolades and resumes and and all that good stuff. Um, But if we work from the inside out, we'll realize that our character is what matters, not our reputation. Our reputation is how other people see us. Our character is how we we actually are in the world. And so I encourage all of you to uh, make sure that you're clear on your character and make sure that you're interacting with the world from the inside out and not the outside in. Uh, It can make a world of difference. Uh, And so with that uh, closing uh, thought, uh, I usually end my presentations with a couple of things. Uh, One, I I encourage people to win the moment. And so I believe that there aren't good days or bad days, that there are just moments. And while I still am guilty of asking my son how his day was at school, I really want to find out what kind of moments were memorable at school today. And those moments could be good. It could be bad. A lot of them are neutral. But if we can focus more on winning moments rather than days, I think we're better off for that. And the last thing is just saying how grateful I am. So uh, this podcast has become uh, awesome. It's just so much fun. It's so great to know that uh, there are people that are listening consistently and and adding value to their life by hearing people's journeys and, and how they set their mind in an intentional way. So I am really, really grateful uh, to have you all uh, as part of uh, my community. And I'm just really glad to be here. And I, I really believe that gratitude can reduce stress if used properly. And so I will never uh, forget how grateful I am to have a microphone uh, in front of my face and have an outlet to express some of my thoughts, but also ask a lot of these people questions. And uh, it, it forces me to constantly go deep with people. And I've come to realize in my life that that is one of my favorite things to do. So uh, I will stop talking now. And I'll encourage all of you, uh, if you like this episode, uh, put it out on social media, you know, share it on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever it is your social. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show already, hopefully you enjoyed this and are inspired to listen to some of our other shows that we've done in the past and some of the ones we'll do in the future where there's somebody else talking on the other end of the microphone. And uh, just thank you. Uh, thank you all for continuing to listen. And hopefully you enjoyed this different episode uh, this week. And, and we'll finish 2018 strong and And we'll probably take a break right around Christmas and then we'll come back in 2019 fresh. So uh, thank you all. Uh, If you don't hear from me directly, happy Thanksgiving. Have a great holiday in December as well. And and of course, a happy new year. So uh, looking forward to these next few months as we wind down 2018 and, and sending my best to all of you. Thank you so much for listening and have so many great moments today. Take care.